Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to another episode of Vitamin D&D, your weekly dose of Dungeons & Dragons. Just what the DM ordered. I'm your host, Brady, and here with me today, as always, is my fellow co-host and party member, Patrick. What's up? What's up? How's it? What's up? So, as you can already tell, this is going to be a little bit of a, of a different uh, episode, a little bit of a mix-up. Yeah, it's going to be more... We can't. We won't tell you how many times Brady had to try to read through the uh, intro. Yeah, we'll we'll just skip that. We'll yeah. save you the trouble. But uh, it, this is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be more of a loosey goosey. Uh, we're going to try and keep this one to about somewhere underish thirty minutes or so, around thirty minutes. But uh, we just wanted to kind of use this as a little bit of a breakup, mix things up from uh, the past couple episodes that you've been hearing. But today. This episode, and I guess sort of this, I guess you would call it a series, Patrick, like a little, a series within a series or yeah. something. I don't, I don't know what you would call it. Yeah, these um, are like the standalone episodes of Naruto. They have no impact upon the main story, right, but they're just right, fun. Right. <laughs> it's like the different timelines in Community. Oh, gosh. This is the darkest yeah. timeline. <laughs> uh, hopefully not. But yeah, this one's going to be more, uh, that we're going to call this one, or this series, Behind the Screen where we talk more from the DM perspective and uh, cover different things like preparation and world building. And uh, like today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, combat from the DM's perspective or the dungeon master's perspective. So that's what we're going to shoot for. And this is going to be kind of a tips and tricks sort of thing. Uh, just things for you to consider either if you are new to dungeon mastering and you just want some kind of pointers on, things to look out for or things that might be able to help you speed up your game or just kind of take your game up to the next level. Uh, or if it's something that you're considering getting into, these are just some things that you can start thinking about or that might jog some things for you that you want to look into to, to maybe DM. But that's uh, today's topic will be combat from the DM's perspective. Um, and if you've got a hold of a Dungeon Master's guide um, for your preparations as a Dungeon Master, which you should, it really is a great resource. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard people swear by Chapter 8, which is running the game. So once you get past all of the, you know, super imaginative, like creating the world, um, you know, creating NPCs, that sort of thing, you also, you got to focus in on the actual running of the game. So like I said, chapter eight and more specifically inside chapter eight, page 247 is where they talk about combat. Like a lot of the, you know, like Brady said, a lot of tips and tricks and the, the things that they don't, they, you know, you don't think about um, unless you're thinking about everything from behind the screen. Yeah. And, um, We'll, we'll go into lots of other different topics, but today uh, we'll get started with the combat. So um, if you've listened to some of our previous episodes where we've discussed combat, uh, you kind of know some of the basic things for uh, how combat works and breaking things down, like basic terms and things like that. So we're not really going to do a deep dive in any of those things. This is going to be, this isn't like a comprehensive look or anything. Uh, this is just going to be more, you know, tips that we can give you if you're considering something, but uh, so this is going to be for combat for the from the Dungeon Master's perspective and just some things that you can do to help you either step up your game or just things to consider if you are considering becoming a DM. So we're going to kind of go through it in a flow of from 
pre-combat to while you're in combat to kind of post-combat kind of a flow uh, way to think of it. So um, just kind of starting out would be tip number one would be just have a general idea of how you want the encounter to go. So think about it more in terms of is this a random encounter while they're walking uh, from one place to another through the woods or is this uh, a certain encounter that is important to the story or a certain character's character arc or is this just kind of a filler fight to help them get loot and experience in between while just while they're wandering through a dungeon or something like that so you kind of want to think about that because that that will drive what makes that combat if it's going to be more I don't know, how would you put it, Patrick? Like hardcore or not really hardcore, but it's more difficult and the the time and thought that goes into it as opposed to like, you know, a boss fight or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just especially I've always found that um, like when a adventuring party might be traveling you know, from one town to the next, traveling through the wilderness, traveling along the road, that sort of thing. As a dungeon master, you usually have some... Um, some random encounters kind of prepped and spun up ready to, you know, you're going to roll maybe a D six to see which random encounter the party comes across. And typically those aren't, you know, super impactful to the story or anything like that. Um, but they can be actually a pretty good opportunity to you know, drop some random unforeseen, maybe not even for a very long time in your story, some random important stuff, you know, whether it be, a item that they find on a goblin that attacks them or you know it may also be a great opportunity to teach your players that sometimes whenever you're you know i guess whenever combat is introduced to you sometimes the best thing is not to not to be involved <laughs> you know i'm gonna wash my hands and walk away <laughs> sometimes yeah, or win. or that you can run. It's okay yeah. to run. Yes. Yeah, it's okay to run. Like you don't always have to stand and fight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think that's something that a lot of people don't consider. Know your limits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, for real, it is like people always just want to stand and fight, but like sometimes your best option is to survey the scene, and if you know you can't do much, then just turn and run. Yeah. So, but that's more for the players. So, think about that from uh, whenever you're doing these. Is this a fight that you do want to portray as something that you kind of want to teach them a lesson, kind of one of those, like you break them down and you don't kill them, but you break them down where they leave the battlefield, you know, bloodied and their spirits broken and they start to build themselves back up. And you have a couple of sessions where there's the big rematch and then they're triumphant against, uh, you know, the, the big bad guy or the, you know, whoever it is they were fighting and stuff like that. So, that's just kind of the things you want to think about when you're going into uh, uh, some type of encounter or a, a battle or just any sort of fight that you may encounter. Yeah. And in addition to that, you want to kind of be prepared for, you know, are they going to encounter multiple fights, um, you know, whether or not you're going to kind of balance, you know, having it be a learning point for your players as far as, you know, knowing their limits of, you know, hey, you guys are going to need to find a place to, you know, seek shelter, rest up, because you're, the tank's getting empty. Um, and so... Yeah, your players aren't invincible, and they, yeah. they need to learn that. Yeah, so it's a good to, it's a good teaching 
moments, you know, to push your party, but just be be wary. <laughs> you don't want to push them so far that uh, it's like, okay, well, um, th- half the party is going to be rolling new characters <laughs> because they're dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and I mean, and this this again, something we should we should have said at the beginning too. Like, everybody has their own DM style. No DMs are the same. Um, so I mean, everybody's going to do it the way they want. You can have, you know, DMs that are super strict, and maybe that's how they they like to do things. They like to play on hard mode, and that's what the characters want. And but maybe you're running a group of new players through for the first time, so you want to be a little bit more forgiving. Um, so just think about that too in your play style and how that's going to affect the encounters that you're doing. And kind of going along with that is be flexible. Um, you have to know, you know, this is a game where you can pretty much do anything within the limits of your roles and what the world allows. And your characters may come up with creative ways to fight or tackle a certain problem or in combat defeat a certain foe that you that they've done that you weren't ready for. Or you had no concept of like, wow, I didn't even think that they could, you know, do this to this person, certain guy that has this weakness or you know whatever like you've got to be able to be ready and roll with the punches because sometimes your players will shock you sometimes they will shock you and how seemingly unbelievably dumb they can be when it comes to like puzzles and stuff when you're like this took me three minutes to come up with and it's taking you three hours to solve come on people um you know as opposed to in combat when you're like i didn't think of that and you had this one encounter that you were expecting to take the whole session, maybe two sessions is like done in 15 minutes. And you're like, well, um, right. That's a great opportunity to practice your, um, was improv skills. Yeah. Your improv skills. And I mean, that's true. It's, you just gotta be able, and that's the big thing about being a DM. You gotta be able to roll with the punches. And that's kind of one of the really fun things that I find about DMing is just that, you know, the improv and getting to make these stories up on on the fly. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of my one of the things I want to get better at as a dungeon master is that I feel that I'm such a planner that I will plan, 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 and just try to plan for every eventuality. But your players will find a way to slip through the cracks. You're just like, no, you were you weren't supposed to do that. You weren't supposed to do that. You're now supposed to go over to, here. Now I have to be creative on the fly. Ugh. Yeah, and I think I think that's why I enjoy DMing so I mean, much. Is like it's fun. Yeah, but like I I fly by the seat of my pants like ninety percent of the time in my actual life. Anyways, it's kind of like that. Uh, whenever I DM, I feel like it's that um, that episode of you know, Wiley Coyote is like putting down the train tracks right in front of him as he's on that, you know, the train and he's like trying to keep himself going. And that's kind of how I feel like you just kind of like, okay, I've made it past this second. Okay. Now I just need to make it to this minute and like, uh, just make stuff up as you go. But that's, what's fun about it. I think. Yeah. Nice. Wiley coyote reference. Nice. Looney tunes. Mm, um, thank you. One thank thing. You. And, uh, your, your being flexible thing, Brady reminded me of, um, I don't remember if we've talked about it yet is kind of, Probably not since we haven't talked about leveling up, but in a big portion of where your experience points that kind of add up to you leveling up, a big portion of that is typically found in combat. And that's why Mm -hmm. I prefer the milestone 
method of leveling up because I think that that encourages your players to be much more creative and flexible and you know they may if are they may be much more encouraged to find a diplomatic solution to the <laughs> the pack of goblins <laughs> attacking them than if you know if they know that well I get 10 experience every time I whack you know one of these goblins they may just be like ah we're going to have to fight every time like no if you just you know do some sort of milestone leveling up which to further describe that is just as a dungeon master whenever you decide whether it be at the end of a certain quest you know a certain progression in the story that that's whenever your players are going to increase in level i feel like that's a much better um much better way to do it just to derail the conversation about combat <laughs> no no i agree and that that is something that you know we'll, we'll cover in another episode sometime in one of these behind the screens but yeah i mean it is it is something you need to think about because i, I i'm like you i i prefer the milestone because keeping up with you know tit for tat like xp like who who got the killing blow who's so who's going to get the majority of it well like yeah. three people had hit it and almost killed it but this dude got the killing blow like it's just if that's what you're into, do it. But like, it's it's a lot to keep up with. So right. Um, and speaking of, uh, say, derailing the conversation, don't railroad your players. Um, not only do they, you want to encourage them to be flexible, but you be flexible too. Um, don't feel like, you know, you've got to just say no. There are no other options other than you go and talk to the shopkeeper. He gives you a quest. Like, be flexible. Like give your players a chance to have some agency to make choices of their own and not just feel like, you know, <laughs> that you're, they're in a video game where there's invisible walls that they can't go by, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point because I mean, sometimes some of the best moments can come from just some, somebody saying, well, I want to find such and such a store that you're like, in your mind you're thinking i never made that store i don't know what that is so like you come up with a name real quick and you come up with a shopkeeper name and then like they either fall in love with that character and they're just like oh let's go back and visit him or you get right. into <laughs> kind of like the storyline that they start weaving with it and you just start like straight up vibing with it and you're just like all right i'm down on this and like that starts inspiring you so you come up with like a new kind of side quest or something so i mean like you know, some of the best things can come from just spontaneous, just whateverness. Right. That's. I'm sure we'll talk more in depth than we've already on this derailing. But um, most people think about the the dungeon master being the storyteller. Everybody at the table is a storyteller, telling. The yeah. Story. Like so, you got to think about it like that. You got to let people, the players, be able to tell their story too. It's about them. Yeah, everyone everyone is involved. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get us back on track. What about whenever I say, Brady, roll initiative? Ooh, yeah. So, yeah, speaking of staying on track, you need to have a good way of tracking initiative. So, you know, we've talked about what initiative is. That's just basically the order in combat when um, everybody rolls at the beginning of combat and that we get their order. So you want to have some kind of good way to keep track of the initiative because once you get several rounds into the combat you, you've got a lot going on especially as a dm you've got you know multiple characters or multiple creatures and they all have different things that they can do and you're trying to keep up with what it is so 
uh, one of the, I mean, you don't have to get super fancy with it. So one of the easiest ways you can do it is just have a piece of paper set aside, like a little notepad set aside. And as they roll, you know, you can just say who rolled anywhere from 25 to 20 and they raise their hands and you get the numbers and then you just write them down. You just put them in order. Boom. You got it. Or you could get fancier and have like a little dry erase board that you have. Or what, what are some things that you know of Pat for like keeping, keeping initiative tracking? Um, I was going to say uh, the whiteboard is good. And that's what one thing that dungeon master guide talks about is um, what kind of deciding whether you want to keep the initiative a secret kind of that way you can kind of hide um, how many enemies there are, um, you know, which would be just having it on a list behind your DM screen or putting it on a whiteboard. I think the whiteboard is a really good method because then uh, as a, as a player, you can look at it and say, okay, my turn's next. All right. You know, this guy just went, I know that there's some, some monster I can't remember that goes after him. Then it's my turn. And that way you can keep your players, um, allow them to have, to have the responsibility of keeping track of their order in initiative and not just have to say, Hey John, you know, you're up next, you know, or Hey, it's your turn. Like, you know, it was, it's your, been your turn after Brady the whole time. I need you to pay attention. You know, having it on a white yeah. gives them the opportunity to say, you know, okay, it's my turn coming up. Let me think about what I'm going to do. You know, plan out my movement, plan out my abilities I'm going to use, that sort of thing. Um, and there's tons of great, like, creative ways. I've seen um, people use little miniatures, like little representations of their characters. So they have them to use on a map, but also... Um, ones that kind of sit on the top of the dungeon masters uh, screen, which is cool. Um, so that way you can actually see like a representation, like along the top of the dungeon masters screen uh, of whose order I saw uh, on Instagram. One of the pages that uh, leave just recently followed us. They are actually making on with Kickstarter and forgive me, I'll look up their name while Brady's talking in a second. Um, they have made like a, it looks like a, it's like a pole. And you like have these individual pieces that you attach in order. So you can see on this like pole, this like stand that goes on your desk while you're playing or on your table while you're playing. You can see from top to bottom, like the order of combat. It's pretty cool. So Yeah. And then uh, some kind of DIY stuff that you can do. Um, what I would do in my games is for for every character, like player character, I would just have a piece of cardboard, like a strip of cardboard, maybe, I don't know, six, six inches long and like maybe two inches wide or something along those lines. And I would basically just fold it, fold it in half. Um, let's see, how do, how do I describe this? Like a... Not like a hot dog, like a hamburger. That's the only way I can think of how to describe it, like Aren't from grade hot school. Dogs just hamburgers or just also uh, sandwiches. Yes, they're sandwiches. They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, you you fold it over and basically you just write their name on each side so um they everybody can see it, but you drape it over your screen. So you just put it where it just sits on your screen. And then you do that for all the player player characters and then all of your uh, characters that you have that you're going to be controlling. And then that way everybody can see it. It's all right there. Um, and like Pat was saying, if 
if you do want to keep it a secret, I've always found it it's easier and keeps combat flowing because, as Patrick said, you can have people thinking, okay, well, I'm up next, so I need to be thinking about what I need to do, or I've got two moves, you know, I can run and use the bathroom real quick and be right back or whatever. But maybe as you play more and more and you get more into it, you can start slowly taking that away and you know more experienced people will start to be able to write down their own and figure it out kind of add that extra pizzazz to it but yeah uh, and then also you could even get um old school you know the wooden clothes clothesline hangers um yeah, clothespins what do you call them yeah clothespins yeah thank you you get those and write names on it and just kind of do the same thing with uh, like I was saying, with bending the piece of paper over and setting it on there, you could just clip it to the top of your DM screen. Yeah, so names on it. there's tons of different, yeah, just write the names on. It. There's there's tons of different ways you can do it. So um, just it will help you and your party just find some way to be able to track initiative, whatever way is best for you. But find some way because that will just help you on down the line, and whenever you get into combat. Yeah. Um, and just took a look at Instagram brothers forged is the, uh, they have the, uh, the rod brothers forged, the legendary rod of initiative. Oh, I just lost it. I think that's what it's called. Um, oh. yeah, <laughs> go look on their Instagram. Uh, they make a you know, other cool stuff, but, uh, there's your shout out boys. Um, but it's pretty cool. They're in Kickstarter right now. So, uh, take a look at it. So yeah, definitely go check them out. Uh, that would be a great way to support, you know, some some people getting their own ideas off the ground, uh, but also just a good way for you to uh, find a way to track your initiative. Yeah. Um, words. Mm. Do you want the next one? Monster stat sheets. Okay. Yep. All right. Ready. Yeah, and anything else? Anything else related to that that you want to add? Yeah, I'll talk. Uh, I'll do the both the monster ones um okay and also we're at 22 minutes yeah okay all right so in addition to keeping track of initiative like i said you're going to have to find in the initiative order and as a dungeon master you'll roll for the monsters the enemies that your players are facing and so in addition to you know keeping track of that initiative whenever you roll is you want to make sure that you're prepared with some monster stat sheets and so those are just kind of a you know quick overview. You can look in the um, Monster Manual, another great publication for Dungeons and Dragons, and they've got um, great breakdowns and showed like monster like stats. And so you can make up your own. You can make little cheat sheets that are much more condensed, much smaller. And a really cool thing you can do is make some just general ones. You don't have to say what kind of monster it is. And that way you can kind of plug and play what kind of, you know, what are they facing, that sort of thing. Whereas, you know, if you're planning on your party to go into a swamp and you've got all these, like, fishmen that they've got to face, but then all of a sudden they are like, you know, no, let's go down to the sewers and they have to fight some, you know, rodents of unusual size. And <laughs> you've got some... Don't exist. Yeah, and if uh, <laughs> if you if you've already got some stats uh, prepared, but you don't have any stats for like large rats or anything like that, um, you can easily just plug and play those those stats for those rodents, that sort of thing. So that's one good thing to be prepared, and you don't have to get crazy with it, um, you know, because if you've got a kind of a gang of um, frogmen like bullywugs or something, you don't have to print out a stat sheet for every single one 
if you just got one guy who's in charge who might be a little bit tougher, you can just have one monster stat sheet and just have a note on there that like the leader of the gang has 10 more hit points, that sort of thing. So be prepared, but also don't feel like you got to have a, a whole book about it. And yeah, but if you do have the, the whole book about it being the, the monster manual, yeah. even better. Right. Monster manual has got great. And it's also got a whole bunch of great lore too. Mm-hmm. So that lore for each monster or, you know, dragons, that sort of thing kind of a race of monsters it can be great for you know shaping your story too um whenever you start writing and creating your world um and like we talked about before is with monsters you want to be kind of mindful of the limits of your party and you want to make sure that your monsters of are of a uh, i guess appropriate um what's it called a combat rating Challenge rating. Oh, challenge. Yeah, rating. combat That's rating. Yeah, CR. Um, and so you just critical wanna... role. Sorry. Ah, oh, dang it. <laughs> ah. Um, you just want to make sure that you kind of you know keep it keep it under control. Don't you know go crazy with it. You know, don't throw dragons at your your parties whenever they're level ones. Um, it's you know not going to end well unless you want to roll a bunch of new characters. Um, so just kind of be prepared. Like I said, and you can always on the fly change something if you suddenly realize halfway through a battle whenever you know half the party keeps going on you know going down to damage and keep having to heal each other back up and it's all because this one really beefy dude is you know not going down on the monster side eh, maybe adjust it a little bit <laughs> you know you can not and that's not fudging the numbers because i know that a lot of people kind of get uh kind of get upset about like fudging dice rolls. I don't think you should fudge dice rolls because, you know, I think that you just need to maybe do some better prior planning. Um, And just because you're not fudging dice rolls doesn't mean you can't on the fly change, you know, the HP of a certain monster. You know, if, if you, if, if like the one last person alive in the party is about to do the killing blow, but they miss it by one HP. Just consider give it to them. <laughs> just consider letting it happen. Um, yeah, especially if like everybody is literally on like death's door and they're all hanging on by two HP, and they are all out of spell slots and or potions, and they're like yes. super give out and just be like, all right, it's time to end this. Because yes. I can't tell you how many times I have adjusted HPs or you know just like done stuff like that on the fly just to help my characters because they were struggling. And that's something that you'll start to sort of learn. And I, I know Pat can speak about this too. Like that's something that you'll start to get a feel for the more you uh, just DM and have more combat experience with doing combat. And you'll start to get a feel for like, okay, my players are this level, they can take on this many goblins or whatever it is. Um, and then maybe as you keep going, you can add in like, well, I'll throw in this like okay well that's too much for him like you can you'll start to get a feel for it and then you'll you'll be able to not have to make those on the fly adjustments quite as often yeah um and there's you know resources within i believe it's within the dungeon master guide that talk kind of walk you through how to like calculate like a good challenge rating um for a certain level party that sort of thing there's also great uh, resources online the cobalt uh, fight club is really good um, yeah just 
know, automating it and just saying, how many cats can my party take on? It's like, if you really want to know. Um, <laughs> and, you know, or how many cats does it take to uh, defeat Tiamat? You know, just in case. Um, make yeah, YouTube always account. good to have. <laughs> yeah, if your party is really good at recruiting cats for their cause. Um, <laughs> so, um, like I said, just keep in mind, um, you know, what your lim- the limits of your players are. Yep, and and you'll get a feel for it. Uh, so the next ca- few kind of go, uh, to me, they kind of go hand in hand. So I'll just kind of mention them all together. So like one would be, know the environment where your fight is going to happen or have a good idea in your head if it's like a random encounter uh, or if it's one that you kind of have sort of planned, uh, especially if it is a like a boss fight type thing and you're going to be fighting them in their lair. So just know the environment and where you're going to be fighting to know if there's any types of different covers or if there are any like environmental hazards like pools of lava or acid or things hanging from the ceiling, anything like that. Uh, just so you'll either be ready to describe that and let your players know about it. So they'll either know to watch out for it or like maybe, Hey, you might be able to use this or something like that. Or if you're going to draw it out, um, if you're not doing theater of the mind, which is where you just describe everything and you don't actually have uh, physical representations on in front of you on a table. Um, or if you're just going to be doing it, you know, with miniatures and, you know, dwarven forge sets and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, so just be aware of all the of all the environment and what's going to take because going along with that, if you are going to be doing the fancy sets and miniatures, make sure you have everything you need to complete whatever you're going for. Um, but then rolling into that, we're talking about boss fights and things like that, you need to make sure that you know, and this can go for just your regular enemy sets as well. Make sure you know their abilities and their capabilities. So know that goes along with kind of like the monster stats, but uh, especially for bosses, because there's usually a lot more complicated with some uh, mechanics that are different or very unique and specific to that one boss. So just make sure you know their layer moves and their legendary actions, if they have any. So layer moves are just special things they can do when they're on their home turf. So like that would be like a vampire in his castle or a dragon in its lair. Just know the special things that they can do with that. And then the legendary actions, if they are one of these, you know, the the BBEG, the big bad evil guy, if he's the big dude, he's probably going to have some legendary actions, which are things that are specific to him that allow him to do some pretty crazy stuff. So just make sure you know, yeah, just make sure you know what they can do and how those mechanics can work. And also going along with that, know your player's character's capabilities. So if, you know, you've got just a good mix of, of different things, you know, melees and spellcasters and healers, make sure you just kind of have a good understanding of what they can do and what their spells are and what their attacks are, just so you might be able to prepare if there might be any sort of conflict or um, like, whoa, this spell says it does this, but this spell that he's casting says it does this. and ha-. So just kind of be aware because that will help the fight flow and you won't have an do like I did whenever I first started DMing a lot, even when we first began, was like, um, hang on, let, let me double check. And then uh, the ranger can do this. And then, okay, this this certain creature can do this. And uh, it just helps if you're kind of more comfortable. And, of course, that will just come with time as well. But just kind of, you know, have a good overall understanding of what your players and your bad guys are capable of 
so you might know what to expect if there are any sort of conflicting ideas or you know anything like that all right and finally the last thing we're going to talk about is loot that sweet loot and that's uh you know it's what it's all about um so as a dungeon master you want to have planned out kind of the rewards for your players whether it be monetary whether it be special items and those rewards can be found in random gangs of goblins or you know of course with the big boss fights you want to have some pretty cool stuff some nice magically enchanted items some cool armor that sort of thing or maybe even some cursed items if you want to be really mean to your party yeah if that's your thing um (laughs) you want to spice it up a little bit yeah so there's um there's a lot of different resources i believe like the dungeon master guide as well as um they have some in xanathar's guide to everything right yeah, they've got they've got some in there, some different like variations on uh, trinket things that you can find, or yeah, so uh, there's different items. There's some loot tables which you can either use to, you know, for inspiration, or if you say, uh, I can't think of the last thing that I want to be in this treasure trove, so you can roll a dice for it, you know, just randomly determine. And there's also some great charts to kind of determine, you know depending upon the level of your characters, what's the monetary prize they're going to find, you know, in the treasure chests, that sort of thing. So loot's a big part of it. Yeah. And if you feel so inclined, you can even create your own items. Just make sure that they are not unbalanced and very game breaking or OP. Yeah. Gosh. And you don't want to introduce a super great game breaking item to your players super early in a campaign. Or else uh, you're gonna have to find a way for uh, some in some to take it away from them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I created this character just to steal that darn thing. And then who knows? Maybe Bing Bang Boom. You got a new BBEG, Big Bad Evil guy that you can yeah. track down later. But <laughs> and Brady, I think that's gonna just about wrap it up and. Like we said, there's a lot more to combat if you want to dive deep into it and kind of read ahead to what I'm sure we'll talk about you know, much more in the future is Chapter 8 of the uh, Dungeon Master Guide, specifically Chapter 2, sorry, page 247 in Chapter 8. That'll be on combat. And like I said, Chapter 8 is just good to read all around. You uh, got anything else you want to throw in there, Brady? No, I think uh, I think you've covered it there. This is, you know, just a quick, quick and dirty sort of, uh, you know, view from the DM. Things to consider when going into combat and during combat. So uh, there's a whole lot. There's a host of other things, more deep dives we could talk about about combat from the DM's perspective. But it'll just give you something to think about, something to chew on. But yeah, other than that, that's that's pretty much all I've got. Yeah. So we hope you've found this episode to be informative, fun to listen to, a little bit more relaxed, laid back, and uh, help, you know, help you at least get started in preparing for your first encounters as a dungeon master. Um, Please uh, consider, you know, whatever, however you're listening to us, find a way to review, you know, let us know how we're doing, anything we can improve on. We want to hear your feedback. We want to be able to, you know, continue to always shape our material for our audience, you know, because you're, you're the ones we care about. And so just, give us a review and if you can't figure out how to do it 
wherever you're listening. Um, like I don't even know how to leave a review on Stitcher. Don't even ask me. Um, feel free to email us at our email, which is the vitamin D and D podcast at gmail.com. That's the vitamin D, the letter N D podcast at gmail.com or on our Facebook page at the Vit- sorry, at vitamin D and D podcast. Um, if you search the same thing, vitamin D and D podcast or just vitamin D and D on Twitter or Instagram, you'll find us. And be sure to check us out at our website, which everything, all our social media is just pointing straight back to that website, which is the vitamin D and D podcast.wordpress.com. And don't forget to tell your friends and family um, and spread the word. Um, say it's pretty much word of mouth right now. We're just trying to get out there and uh, share this great game we love to play. And so make sure you keep an eye out for, I guess an ear out for, our next episode, which is going to be kind of a another episode. It's, it's a little Dungeon Master-centric, which is skill checks and interacting with the world. Okay, so it's going to be how you're going to interact during adventures, that sort of thing, and social interaction. So don't step in away from the, the combat to the other stuff. So um, just take it easy, and we'll see you after your long rest.